Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there there is no favoritism with him. Good morning, everyone. My name is Pete Scammon. I'm the Associate Vicar here at Fullwood Church. And along with Andy, let me say how good it is that you can join us today for this live-streamed service. Let me lead us in a prayer. Our Father in heaven, we pray that wherever we are watching this service, that you would help us now as we come to look at your word. We pray for a deep work of your spirit in us that we would increasingly be the people you call us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it's fair to say that most of us don't like being told what to do. So when our parents ask us to put on our shoes, we don't want to. What a great little film clip that was just a few moments ago. But it's not just children with shoes. All of us in, in all kinds of areas of life, we, we push back against other people telling us what to do. During this pandemic, as the government has told us where we can and cannot go or who we can and cannot see, it's been interesting how many of us have, have not liked it, particularly when we don't agree with what the government is saying. There is something within us which, which doesn't like to obey other people. And so Ephesians has something very challenging to say to all of us. Just before our reading this morning, back in Ephesians 5, verse 21, Paul wrote this. He says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Paul is talking to all Christians. We are all called to pay attention to the needs, the requests, the demands of others. Why? Out of reverence for Christ. Christ Jesus did die on a Roman cross, but he has been raised and now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven. He is now seated, ruling over all authorities, dominions, and power. God's plan in history is to bring all things together under the headship of Christ. 
And, and so whether we like it or not, Christ is the head, the ruler, the king over every Christian. And out of reverence to Christ, Paul says that we should submit to others. And here at the end of Ephesians, Paul shows us three examples of how this submission works in everyday life. Last week, he talked about our marriages. This week, it's the home and the workplace. And before we dive in, just in case this sounds all very scary to us this morning, can I remind us that the Lord Jesus is the very best leader he, he is the kind of leader who leads by dying for his people. He leads for our good and for our best. And so to submit to Jesus is to do what is good for us and to live a life of submission to others, to follow the pattern that Christ calls us to. It's not here to ruin our lives, but to make them better. So what does it look like to submit to others out of reverence for Christ? Well, first, the home. Paul begins with children. Look at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Our parents may be annoying, they might really wind us up or, or cramp our style. But, but children, one of the ways that we show reverence for Christ is to obey our parents. And so when they ask us to do the washing up or to tidy our room or to be back by a certain time, we are to obey them because of the Lord. And this has always been God's pattern for family life. Paul takes us back to the Old Testament, to the Ten Commandments. And so verse 2, he quotes, Honor your father and mother. And this command, it's not here to, to ruin our lives, but to make them better. Look at verse 2 again. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Back when I was first learning to drive, being a, a typical young male, I thought I would be simply awesome at driving without lessons. Bring on the exam, I thought. My dad thought otherwise. He very kindly offered to take me out in the car for a few initial lessons to get me up and running. And I didn't think I needed them, but I thought, well, fair enough, I'll give it a go. And that first trip was interesting. I remember very early on, I went to shift from first to second gear, and somehow, and I have no idea how, I managed to pull the gear stick out of the floor of the car completely. I was left holding it in my hand, and as I looked down at horror what I'd done, I managed to swerve the car across the traffic towards a bank on the far side of the road. Thankfully, my dad reached across, he grabbed the steering wheel, swerved us back to safety, and we pulled over to fix the car. And I remember thinking as I pulled over, I might ac actually need some help with these lessons. And so in the coming weeks, when my dad told me how to drive, when he talked about mirror signal maneuver, I listened much more carefully, knowing that I probably had better to if I wanted to live a long life on the earth. 
children. Our parents are a God-given gift to us to help us to learn how to be wise, not to ruin our lives, but to make them better, to make us wise in a world that's full of dangers and traps. But we can push this even further. Look at verse four. Paul writes, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now look, I'll come to speak to fathers in just a second. But children, God has given our parents a particular responsibility to teach us in the ways of the Lord. All the wonderful truths we've seen in Ephesians. We've seen how when we put our trust in Christ, we receive every spiritual blessing in him. We've seen how we are called to walk a new life following Christ, a a life of purity and patience, a life where we don't rush after material things with a greedy heart. Our parents have been given the job of instructing us in these ways, in the ways of the Lord. And so children, if we push back against our parents, we are actually pushing back against the Lord. And if we push back against the Lord, we are pushing back against the very source of joy and life in this world. Now look, I know that even the best parents aren't perfect. They won't always teach us as God calls them to teach us. And many of us will have parents who aren't Christians and they won't want to teach us at all about the ways of Christ. This call to obey is in the Lord. And so if our parents ask us to rob a bank, we should say no, because the Lord would have us not steal. But I suspect Most of our problems to obey our parents aren't because they're asking us repeatedly to do wicked things, but rather because we just don't want to. What about when we grow up? As adults, we might move away from the daily supervision of our parents, and we won't need to obey them in the same way, but I think we're still called to go on honoring them for all our lives. And so students, you may have left the home, but I wonder when is the last time you've run home to honor your parents with your time and energy? For all of us, if our parents are still living, I wonder, do we seek their wisdom and advice when we have to come to big decisions in life? Here is Paul's instructions to home life, to children, next to parents. And verse four again, Paul writes, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, look, let's be honest. Dads can be exasperating. They can change the rules on us. They can be picky. They can put their foot down on small matters that don't really matter They can respond with unnecessary force or with favoritism. And behind this, it's very easy for fathers to see the home as their own little castle where their will must be done in the home setting. 
And as one author put it, one of the, the big causes of friction between children and parents is when the parents ask the children to bow down and worship their idols and the children don't want to. But here in Ephesians 6 verse 4, the role of the father is not to teach his children to worship his idols or to get his way and will at home. No, the role of the father is to teach the ways of the Lord. And so it may be, fathers, that we long for our children to excel in academic studies or to head towards a brilliant career path where they'll earn lots of money. Perhaps that is our idol as a father. And we ask our children to bow down and worship the idol. Perhaps they don't want to. Perhaps we're tempted to put a foot down and say, you must, you have to, you will. But actually our main job as parents, as fathers, is to teach our children the ways of the Lord. And so for parents, for dads, as the heads of the household, as we think about the things that make us most proud of our children, I wonder what it is. Are we most proud when they do excel at the academics or when we discover that they are making lots of friends or they appear to be growing up as well-rounded people? What do we most long for for our children? That they can have a healthy bank balance and enjoy lots of good holidays? Or is it that they would grow up strong in the ways of the Lord? I'm very grateful to my own dad growing up as a child. He made sure that most breakfast mornings we prayed together as a family. Often before Sunday, the church service, we would gather as a little family at home and have our own Bible study beforehand. He made sure that we often talked about the Lord in everyday life. We would talk about the sermon afterwards over, over lunch. It wasn't spectacular, but over the years, it was hugely significant. Of course, parenting is hard. And who can say that they have been a perfect parent, always teaching our children as we should? And so please remember, we are not saved by our parenting. We are saved by the grace of God and the shedding of the blood of Christ on our behalf. That's the home. And now, a bit more quickly, the workplace. When Paul talks about slaves Please don't think of the, the terrible slave trading of the 18th century, which was deeply cruel and often deeply racist. In fact, in 1 Timothy 1, Paul strongly condemns slave trading. Nor is Paul condoning slavery as being good here in Ephesians 6. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says to, to slaves that if they can, they should gain their freedom. And in Paul's day, Slaves often had far more rights. They could earn their freedom. They often held positions of skill, responsibility, and respect. The closest modern-day equivalent is to the employee-boss dynamic in our workplaces. And the big shock here for Paul's early readers is that he says the same thing to the bosses as he does to the workers. He says to both, that we are all slaves, all servants 
of our master in heaven, the Lord Jesus. And so first he speaks to slaves, verse five. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Slaves are to serve their earthly masters just as if they were serving the Lord Jesus. And for us today in our workplaces, it is so very easy to get sucked into office politics, to get involved in slagging off the management for the things that they're doing or the things that they're not doing, to get involved in, in gossip and slander about those who are over us in the office. Perhaps at school, we get sucked into um, saying harsh and cruel jokes about the teachers who are over us in the Lord. But Paul says that we should respect those who are over us because we are servants of the Lord. To be sincere just means that we act the same way when the boss is there and, and when he's not there. And during this pandemic, many of us have spent more time working from home without the boss around to watch us. And I wonder if there's been a change in how we work. Very easy at home on our own to spend more time surfing the internet, browsing social media, doing odd jobs around the house. But Paul says that we are to serve with sincerity. Well, look at verse seven. He says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Again, in our work, it's so tempting to do the bare minimum required of us to tick the box to say that we've done our job. But here, Paul says that we should be the kind of workers who give ourselves wholeheartedly to the tasks we're being asked to do. Why? Well, look at verse eight. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slaves or free. Now, we just need to be careful at this point because back in Ephesians 1, Paul says that all Christians have been given a wonderful inheritance in Christ by grace that we will receive when Christ returns. We cannot lose it in Christ. But here in Ephesians 6, Paul talks about something else. He talks about a reward that's different from our inheritance that comes to us based on how we serve the Lord now. Our inheritance comes by grace. We cannot lose it. But the reward of Ephesians 6 is based on how we act now in this life. And Paul is calling us to work in our workplaces in order to get a reward from Christ when he returns. Look, I don't mind saying that it's so easy for me to be preoccupied by short-term rewards that are tangible and in front of me. The short-term praise of people on that day or the temptation to have an easy day and not push things too hard because that's much more tangible and immediate. But Paul is urging us, when it comes to rewards, to think big picture and long-term, to look forward to the day when Christ returns and to aim to be rewarded on that day and not on this day. And on this Advent Sunday, as we think forward to the, the return of Christ, we should be workers serving our master, looking forward to that day he comes back and sees us. 
Well, that's employees. What about masters? Verse 9. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. You see, it doesn't matter if we are the cleaner or the CEO. We both have the same master. We are both slaves, both servants called to serve him who is in heaven. Too often, we hear of the boss in the workplace who lets the power they have with their role, they let it go to their heads, and they run the office like their own little empire, pushing their weight around, expecting employees to simply follow uh, without questioning, getting their will done. But no, says Paul, you don't have that kind of authority. Because even the CEO, he is a slave of Christ, called to serve our master in heaven. I think it is fair to say that most of us don't like being told what to do. But if we are Christians, we are all slaves, all servants of Christ who is in heaven. We are called to live under his authority in every area of life, including our marriages, including our home life, and including the workplace. And of course, let's remember, as we walk out our calling to serve Christ, let's remember he is the very best master, the best king, the kind of master who lays down his life to serve us. Well, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that your word speaks with such clarity into our everyday lives. Please give us humble hearts that are ready to submit out of reverence for Christ. And we pray that as we work out this reverence in everyday life, that the watching world would see something of of Christ and his glory and his headship over the church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.